Hey, it's Nikki. If you're tuning into this podcast, chances are high that you experience at least occasional moments of overwhelm, resistance, lack of inspiration, and general WTF, can I even do this? Moments. Yes? Well, I made something for you. It's called the Naptime Empire Survival Guide, an email and audio series specifically curated to help you shift out of overwhelm, comparison, hiding in the bathroom, and back into inspired aligned action. We're talking unfiltered stories and insights from entrepreneurial moms who get this life, plus tried and tested tools to use when your brain is full, your energy's drained, and you could use some help getting your spark back. It's all delivered right to your inbox, organized neatly in emails that you can store up for a rainy day and come back to as often as you need to. As a fun bonus, you'll also get an invite to join my private Facebook community so you can get behind the scenes scoop on the Naptime Empires book and first dibs on my most recent offers as they come to life. Visit naptimeempires.com slash guide to secure your copy and I'll meet you in your inbox. All right, now back to the episode. You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Elledge Brown. Let's get started. Ari Hale is a business coach for service providers, marketing strategists, and tech nerd who loves to travel and eat around the world with her son, Silas. She was one of my very first virtual assistants back in 2015 when we met. So I was pregnant with Diki and she was pregnant with Sai. Honestly, she blew my mind with how on it and organized she was. She loves the spreadsheet. She's not lying when she calls herself a tech nerd. She just gave me so much faith in humanity and delegation and skills because I just didn't realize that humans could operate at that level, especially when it was like launch time, which is eventually what became her specialty. Um, Yeah, we quickly became friends throughout all the time that we spent together. I like to joke that our boys became fluent in webinars in utero (laughs) because we were hosting so many of them. And her support was instrumental. If you've ever heard me talk about my trimester of awesome in 2015, which was my second trimester and some of my most profitable months of business at the time, it's thanks to Ari's support. And it's been so inspiring to watch how her business has evolved and transformed since then. Definitely check out the links to her podcast and the content that she's been creating this year. I'll put it all in the show notes. Super practical, incredibly valuable. She's been around the block and behind the scenes of all kinds of businesses. So she knows things (laughs) and she's now sharing them. In this conversation, we cover how Ari got started in online business as a virtual assistant, the number one mistake she made when starting out, and what she advises her students to do differently now, how the birth of Silas sparked a transformation from self-described workaholic identity, how she traveled through Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Indonesia while working and momming her toddler. It was just her and Sai traveling the world. Her top launch tips that she learned while managing some of the internet's flashiest promos, how she's leveraged Twitter to launch her own personal business coaching and consulting brand and build her email list, and what she's up to now, sharing her skills and knowledge and marketing gems, which I mentioned earlier. Hope you enjoy. Okay, Ari, it's happening. We're on the record. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm just... So thrilled. (laughs) So as we dive in, the first part is really just to set the frame of the conversation. So you had business and were working from home before your little man arrived. That's when we met, actually, while we were both pregnant (laughs) with Deacon and Silas. Um, So just tell me more about the setup and then we'll walk through. I want to get, you know, from then to now, because we've known each other for five years now. We're almost at our five-year anniversary, for anniversary. Um, But yeah, just start from the beginning, like how you got into the online business world and just working from home and how that journey started for you. And then when Sai came into the picture, how things shifted. I started as a virtual assistant and um, I had a, I was living in Seattle with my family. I had moved there with them so I could, um, I don't know, I was in a weird place in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't making a lot of money in LA where I'm from. And I was kind of just stuck. So my parents said, well, we're moving up to Seattle. Your dad's getting transferred for work. Why don't you come up here, save some money, finish your degree, 
and, you know, figure it out from there. Uh, so I went up to Seattle and I was working a day job, going to school at night for web development. And um, I don't know, I was tired of being broke. So I, I did what I think all of us do at some point was I Googled how to make money online and <laughs> <laughs> I saw a bunch of stuff. Um, and I, I stumbled upon this course that I don't think is even around anymore, but, um, it had the uh, very low commitment, like $35 a month for 12 months. And I could cancel in 30 days. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to put my whole effort into this for 30 days. And if I, if it doesn't work, um, I'm just going to ask for a refund. Right. So I got into that course and that was my introduction to mindset. But before I could even finish the course, the owner um, sent out an email saying he was going to be in Seattle for a mini mastermind event. And um, we could, I could pay like $100 and go mastermind, something I never heard about before, and help. Um, so they would help me figure out like my first business idea. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go. I'm super like introverted and a homebody. And so going to this thing was completely out of the norm for me. Yeah. And the whole way there, um, I was texting my boyfriend at the time. So I was dad, um, I don't want to go. I'm just going to come home. I'm going to turn around. Like, I don't want to do this. I was like, well, just go and show up and, you know, stay for 15 minutes. And if you hate it, then um, just leave, you know, but he's like, you should at least go and show up. Um, so I went, I went and I stayed and it was a good thing. And the group, um, told me about being a virtual assistant, which is something I never heard about before, but based off my skill set and stuff, you know, they're like, you'd be a great fit for this. And then, um, I got my first three clients from that event. And so I went from making like immediately $16 an hour at my day job to 25 and being able to work from anywhere, um, and from home. So I don't know if, if that's enough of like the backdrop, but that is basically how I got um, into the online world was through, you know, becoming a virtual assistant. Well, I'm thankful for that Google search because eventually, <laughs> eventually we connected through an agency and you were like the most, I was like, I didn't know that people like already existed. Like she was so organized in her brain. I was like, how does this work? The spreadsheets, the organization, the keeping track of things. I was just blown away by all the things that you could do. And that was one of the most inspiring things to me too, was like, if you didn't know how to do something, then you would just figure it out. And it wasn't something, you know, a lot of people like excuses, <laughs> but I appreciated that you didn't. So it was like to have you as my running buddy, and we were literally due, when's Sai's birthday in November? Yeah, November. Yeah, and then Diki is in December. So we were like running buddies through those last trimesters and hosting all the webinars and co-hosting all the webinars. And it was just, it was a fun, it was a fun time. And then stuff shifted, obviously, once they got here. So how did work shift for you? Like by the time he was born, you were working as a VA for, and you had multiple clients, right? So how did things shift once he got here and how was, how did that meet your expectations or how did, you know, was it like what you were expecting it to be different, harder, easier? What shifted once he got here? Oh my gosh. I had such a hard time once he got here because I couldn't, I literally couldn't work as much as I needed to or wanted to. Yeah. And I couldn't even, I couldn't take much time off either uh, after having him, I think I took like two weeks off and then started working, you know, part-time again yeah. with clients. But like I had saved a bunch of money, but throughout my pregnancy, Silas's dad didn't work. And that was like probably the start of like the end of things for us. Um, so like I was super stressed out, new baby, first time mom, the financial responsibilities on me. I'm not even healed yet. And like working from home with the baby with no help, you know, because he was just too new to have around people. So I was like, I, I can't do day-to-day -day stuff and manage launches and manage multiple clients, but I didn't know what else I could do. And so, um, I think through, um, working with different coaches and then working with, uh, Suze, Susan Ferraro through her, um, her mindset coaching program that really helped me figure out 
and kind of feel my way through the next steps. So I didn't know what I wanted to do, but out of the things I was doing, I was just feeling my way through. All right, well, you know, the launching stuff I can handle because that's just like one piece of the puzzle. I don't have to worry about the whole day to day or like, you know, being available as an assistant anymore because time just doesn't allow for it anymore yeah Um, and like meetings and stuff are like super hard (laughs) with a new baby um so it was it was completely different and I didn't know what to expect um but I wasn't prepared for just everything I feel like like the hormonal up and down ups and downs from like giving birth to the hormonal ups and downs from nursing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, some male clients I had didn't really understand why I couldn't come back to work as quickly. Mm. And like, you can't really explain like, bro, I'm stitched from front to back. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole situation yeah. going on here. <laughs> You know, and then like any health complications and then, um, but you know, I think what was the hardest for me out of all of that stuff was losing, well, having to like transform my identity as like a workaholic to like, I can't be a workaholic. My whole identity was around work, work, work. My hobbies were work and stuff. And so that that part of me that identity that I you know took on completely died and I got really depressed and like really sad and just felt so lost um you know so I feel like that part was the hardest part for me yeah I am I don't know who I am (laughs) I can't work I don't know who I am so what you mentioned Suze who we love and I've probably mentioned her a times on the podcast too what helped you shift out of that? And do you think it was also just time and hormones and healing, you know, and like just getting past a certain point? Because obviously those first few months, especially where, I mean, and it's for several months where sleeping is just like, who knows when or where we're going to get, get some Z's and stuff. Like what started to shift or when did the fog start to lift for you where you were like, okay, let me try this. And also then y'all went traveling internationally. How old was he whenever you y'all did that? I can't remember. He was little, he was still diapers. Yeah, he was almost two when we left. Okay. So what happened between then? Like what happened between when he was born and you were like, oh, okay, this is going to be different and it's got to be different. So I have to figure that out. And then when you were like, okay, and you shifted from VA into launch manager, specifically focusing on those pieces, like what was that transformation like? It was gradual and everything took time. And I think what was interesting, like reflecting back on all of this was I had resources. I have mom friends. I had you, but I felt like such a lunatic going through like these emotional and existential ups and downs that like, I didn't feel like, I didn't even know how to like bring this stuff up and talk about it. Right. Mm. For a while, I literally felt like I was losing my mind, Mm. (laughs) you know, but, um, with Sue's, it kind of helped me to stop working with her, helped me to just kind of figure out like how I want to feel, um, you know, past things in my life, like how they're affecting present day things. And then also just being okay with, you know, being present and focusing on just finding my present flow and happiness versus stressing out because I'm, I'm a type also, and I like to plan and I like to have details. And so, I was getting very stuck and frustrated and down because you have a kid, you really can't plan anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's completely up to the baby. What's going on that day. Yeah. And I just didn't know what my life was going to look like anymore. And that for a control freak is very scary. (laughs) Um, And so then, you know, his dad and I just, our, our relationship just like was already rocky after a while And then I ended up getting pregnant. And so I feel like we both put our best effort into trying to make like the relationship and our family work. But at the end of the day, like communication stopped. Like we weren't, it wasn't healthy. It got very toxic to the point where there was um, the reason why like I left or what really motivated me to leave was that we got into an argument, a stupid argument and it escalated. But that was the point where I was like, all right, we're literally going to get to the point where we're hurting each other. 
So um, I was like, there, like, I didn't renew my lease. I sold everything. I anything I couldn't sell, I put into storage or like with my parents. And I just told everyone, like, I'm out for 30 days. I'm going to Thailand. Um, I need to just get out of here, away from everybody. I feel like I've hit my rock bottom. Right. Because <laughs> I got the money thing figured out, but like emotionally and how I felt was rock bottom and that whole situation happened. So I was like, I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. And, you know, I had always wanted to go and travel. And I felt like with having a kid, like, oh, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to have to wait until he gets older. And, you know, I'm glad I proved myself wrong. You know, we were gone for maybe like a year and a half total. And it was honestly like the best, one of the best experiences of my life. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And I do remember when it was going down and just such a shift. It was, it was like, it was such a, okay, that's not happening. So we're going to, you know, something's going to change. And you had been talking about wanting to travel and blogging about traveling or food and all of those things. And so it was like, that was such a moment of a watershed moment of like, okay, then we're just going to do this now. And it was like, okay, there she goes. Okay. Bye. (laughs) I'm like such a weenie when it comes to travel. And then you're just like, yeah, we're going to figure this out. And you did. And it was so fun to watch. I literally had nothing to lose at that point. You know, money was coming in and consistent. So I was like, you know what? And it also got to a point with his dad where we had, we had broken up and separated already before like the whole thing happened. Yeah. But it it wasn't really helping me. Like there was no consistent schedule. He wasn't seeing Silas consistently. He wasn't calling him to like check in, asking if I need anything, dropping off diapers. Like it was all on me. So I felt like, well, there isn't going to be much of a difference if we leave, you know? So I didn't feel bad about it. Like he's barely seeing his kid anyway. So we might as well go have an experience and just come back. And so what was business like at that point? What were you, that's when you had shifted and you were specializing in launch management for like a handful of clients. Yes. So I went from working with like at my peak, I was probably working with like six or seven clients for the VA stuff. Then I started raising my prices and working with less people. And then I started just doing launch stuff. So I had Things like two main clients, and then depending on what phase of the launch we were in, I could sometimes bring in a third person. But I figured out like my sweet spot with pricing, workload, lifestyle freedom. So, you know, two to three was where I found like, all right, I, um, nothing's really like falling through the cracks, everything's manageable. I'm not overly stressed out <laughs> even yeah. though like we're la- I'm literally launch after launch after launch after launch which <laughs> that was crazy in and of itself but um yeah you know that's that's what the business looked like and uh you know a client would usually book me to work on one launch and then um where things kind of fell like into sticky stuff was after the launches they would want to keep me on their team and try to find like other things for me to do and work on. And, you know, I liked having the consistent revenue, but it made things like muddy and confusing as far as like, you know, I'm still an independent contractor. You know, I was getting pulled back into the day-to-day of people's businesses and doing things like way out of the scope of work and what we agreed to. And, you know, I just wasn't respecting, you know, my own boundaries and business model, you know, so you're just that, that good. <laughs> you're just that good. That's what I'm saying. Everybody would be like, whoa, I didn't even know that it could be like this. And then, yeah, but obviously you had so much going on and even time zones and living like in totally different time zones than your clients and then figuring out what that would look like for y'all over there and all of that. Like there's just so much to That's consider. <laughs> I mean, and then Wi-Fi and not knowing because you were kind of deciding like when you first went, did you know how long you were going to be in Thailand? And then y'all hopped around too. You weren't just there. Where else did you go? So we we spent time in Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, and Indonesia. Yes. And the time, like, so <laughs> I was, when I first got there, I was hopping around a lot, like every couple of days. And I started getting very homesick and very depressed again because it's a lot to handle. 
um, you know, with luggage, packing, keeping track yeah. of Silas through the airport, finding like paying someone to help me load bags and then finding a place to live for the hotel and then making sure that the internet works properly. And if it right. doesn't, does the hotspot work? And then if it doesn't, like, crap, what am I going to do? It's literally one o'clock in the morning in Asia, which is like, I think, I don't know, either six or 8 a.m. on um, in the U.S., depending on what uh, part of the country. So I need to be online soon. Nothing's open, <laughs> you know? Um, calls, calls got hard. And so what I figured out was, okay, I need to stay in one spot for at least 30 days. Yeah. That way, like I can, you know, create some sense of home. I can learn my neighborhood. I can make sure my internet is like always good at home. Um, and you know, I'm not constantly like packing and unpacking every couple of days and trying to like keep track of my kid running around and stuff. Yeah. So where were y'all the longest? We spent the most time in Vietnam for sure. Yeah. Like probably, I think like seven months total. Oh, wow. And what did you love about it? Like, what are some of your things? Was there anything unexpected? Cause you'd never been to those parts of the world before, right? Never. Right. Um, so there was a couple things that were surprising. Um, I feel like I'll speak for myself growing up and like learning world history, um, you know, we hear a lot about like communism and the communist party and Vietnam's a communist country. So I was nervous going there. Like, what is it going to look like? How are people being treated? And it, as far as being a foreigner, a U.S. foreigner in another country, I didn't know this much of a difference for myself. And I know that's like extremely privileged and not how, um, you know, the locals live there. Sure. But, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a scary, you know, experience at all. Um, everywhere I went for the most part, uh, everyone was super friendly, super nice, like loved Silas. We'd like give him little treats, candies, toys, um, you know, street vendors would uh, give like him extra food if we stopped and bought Aww. something, you know, they wanted to pick him up and take pictures with him. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. And I loved that part of it because um, when we left, Silas was like being just shy. He didn't really want to like hang out with new people. He was scared to like, he didn't really want to stay with like my parents alone. He was like a little anxious. And then I feel like being abroad really helped to bring him out of his shell where mm. he became more outgoing and would like approach little kids to play and talk to people. And, you know, he still has like, that part of him that's just, you know, outgoing and wants to talk to people. Mm. Um, and so with Vietnam, there's a couple of things I loved, you know, obviously like the cost of living was, you know, a fraction of what I was paying in the U S um, you know, daycare was really affordable, um, getting around. So they have, um, they have a system that's kind of like Uber. It's called something else. Yeah. You can also get on like a moped. So Silas and I have like bought helmets. Oh yeah. I remember those videos. <laughs> we'd get on a moped, we'd get on the back of someone driving us on, you know, a moped scooter and like right around town. Um, there was, there was diversity in uh, food, right? So if I didn't feel like eating Vietnamese food, I, there was like good pizza places. Mm. Um, there is, you know, French food, German food, Americanized versions of food. And it was, it didn't taste, um, you know, just with someone like another person is trying to cook something that they're not used to cooking. With. <laughs> and, you know, they're not used to cooking. It tastes weird. Yeah. So there wasn't very much of that. You know, like the pizza would like actually like made sense according to American pizza standards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, just the people were nice. It was super affordable. And, um, I just, I don't know, there was just something special about it. It just felt good and nice, but you know, there was something I loved about every country, you know, that we visited and got to spend time in also. And you did such a great job documenting it all. Like, I know you had your Instagram stories, like, did you download all of those videos or you had them on your phone? Cause I'm like, those are priceless scrapbooks that he can, and you guys together can watch back. Like you just did it was just such, it just seemed from here, 
like such a special adventure. And even just the way you described it, like what a formative time in his life where he was learning to find buddies and make friends wherever he goes. Like that's such a priceless lesson. And then likewise for you to learn what you're capable of on the other side of the world, not knowing anybody, you know, like it's just, I'm just really still amazed <laughs> that, that you did that with a toddler. <laughs> you know, it's wild. <laughs> um, I saved, I think I saved a lot of like the photos and the stories um, in the, on Instagram. So like through my stories, I think I'd labeled it by like uh, either city or country that we were in. But yeah. you need to like save and download those. Yes. Um, or hire someone to like screen record them all. Cause I just get nervous. I feel that way even about mine. Cause I basically just use Instagram for digital scrapbooking anyway, <laughs> but I'm like, I need to download it all or make sure that I save it. Cause I, you know, there's lots of time and effort that went into everything that you were documenting and it's priceless. Yeah. yeah I wish I had taken more pictures and taken more videos and stuff, but I'm glad to have, you know, what we do have and an old client, uh, you know, paid for a photographer to like take pictures of us while we were in Bali. So we have some like really nice looking photos as well. So, you know, we were able to document stuff, but that's always um, something I like, I regret even like when Silas was a baby and when I was pregnant, I'm always like, I should have taken more pictures. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. Or video, like either way, whichever one you do, you're like, oh, but I could have, should have, we're basically, it's just, okay, let's just install cameras or have GoPros constantly because, but then it's like, you know, me and digital hoarding. So then it just really becomes an issue because then I have, what I do have is not in any way organized or sorted in any way. So it's like, what good is it doing? But anyway. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. What was it that sparked you to come back? Or I don't, I don't even know, like I'm ignorant in terms of how visas and things work, but what was it that sparked you to come back about after your 18 ish months out there? Yeah. So the visa process is pretty simple for most of those countries. Like you can, you can land there and get a visa on arrival Mm. and they just give you like, I think it's a 30 day visa, but you can stay for like 28 days and then you can either go to the consulate and extend your visa or leave the country and come back and get another visa on arrival. Okay. Uh, Vietnam was the only one that was different where you had to like buy a visa online and uh, get it like pre-approved, but it only took like a couple of days to do it. There's like mm-hmm. agencies and stuff that, you know, go ahead and handle it. So theirs was like just an, a few extra steps, but it wasn't hard or difficult. So my family just missed me and Silas and we were like, just <laughs> gone. <laughs> for like 30 days and we ended up being gone I think for like six months or something <laughs> right yeah and my family and I were very close right um you know like I always at their house and you know they're always hanging out with Silas and stuff so they're like um you know I'm glad you're having fun and stuff but you know can we see our grandson <laughs> we yeah. miss him um so you know my mom's like I want to take him for out for Halloween and you know you guys are here for Thanksgiving or Christmas and you know we didn't get to do a birthday with him this year so I was like all right you know time to come back mm-hmm. <laughs> like the street lights came on <laughs> in Seattle <laughs> okay Ari you had fun now it's time our time okay. thank you then finding yourself come on come back home <laughs> right right bring yourself back here so what was that like the transition back Oh man, I think the first year was just interesting because I came back and I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this business anymore. It's, um, it's a lot of work, you know, my managing launches and stuff. And it's a lot of, um, emotions to handle on top of like, you know, what's going on in people's personal life and their day-to-day business. And I just, my cup was empty. I didn't have space to like, I didn't have capacity to hold it anymore for everybody. And to be like, you know, everyone's rock and strong person and talking them off the ledge. You know, mm-hmm. I, it just got to a point where I was like, look, we've all done this so many times before. Can we just stick to the plan, stick to the process and get this stuff done? You know? Um, and so, well, and let me, let me interrupt you and let's just pause and even define what a launch is. Cause it's possible that our, our listener is like, what do y'all keep talking about when you talk about a launch? So how would you describe a typical launch when you're saying launch management 
in these businesses, those online businesses, how would you describe or define it? Yes. So I was working with online business owners who had mainly courses and digital products. Some had coaching programs also, but a launch or a campaign is when they are basically opening enrollment for their course and they need to get people to buy the course. And so there's a whole ton of like marketing stuff, development, design, copywriting ads. There's a ton of things that need to happen so that the client can open the doors and open enrollment and convert, you know, leads into customers. You know, oftentimes it's a webinar, which is basically a, an online sales presentation, (laughs) you know? Um, And then, you know, after the webinar, there's a bunch of things that need to happen as far as marketing and communications to continue to persuade people that, you know, this course is a fit for them and that they should enroll or invest in it. So, and so you are coordinating all those moving parts and pieces. And of course, a launch can be as simple or as complicated as we want to make it. And plenty of people do it basically just with themselves on a smaller scale or a more simplified scale. But these were like intense, big, big launches that were like lots of moving parts and pieces and hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue and lots of team members involved in all of that. We're probably spending like just like 100K in ads over four weeks and then whole teams like your team expenses probably double around that time, right? Yeah. If you don't like, if, if you want to launch last minute, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> I know you have so many stories. I'm sure even from my own, we're like, okay. <laughs> we're always like, wait, are you talking about me? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's a common thing because I feel like there's so much like stuff that happens in business and then, you know, doing it for myself now, like sometimes, like it's just not a good time to launch or you'll have like a burst of energy or creativity or you'll think of something like, you know, my audience will actually love this. Let me validate it with them. All right. They love it. They're really excited about it. So like, let me put something together. Right. Yeah. So like, I understand that part of it now, um, you know, but these, again, the, these launches weren't that also, right? right. Like this, like, I feel like, you should take three to four months to prep for a launch and get mm-hmm. ahead and have mm-hmm. everything be smooth. And a lot of times it just didn't work out that way, you know, and I'm very much so like, all right, well, let's just get it done you know. But because it wasn't like my money and my responsibility to like pay these people, it was easy for me to stay pretty stoic about <laughs> everything going on Yeah. versus, you know, um, I don't have much overhead as far as like team and ad spend and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but I could see like, Oh man, I'm about to get like $20,000 in invoices for team expenses. And then we just put a hundred K and spend on my credit card. Mm. It has to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even then, even you being like on as objective as you could possibly be the launch launching like that, which to me, I'm like barf. I just, that doesn't sound fun or ideal to me in any way. Like that is not a desired business model that I have, but it, it, it's a thing for lots of people, but like it can be the most stressful point. And that's what you're saying is that when you came back, you're like, okay, my cup is empty because even as objective as you could be always being part of that most the highest stakes moments in people's businesses that wears on you. So what did you do? Like, how did you reset? I, I got fired by some clients. I, I fired some clients and I yeah. basically just stopped working and I sold, you know, my wait list and leads to work with me. And, you know, that helped. Luckily I had some savings, you know, from living in Asia and, you know, yeah. got like my credit together and stuff. So I was like, all right, I could probably like... Hang on. Even just you saying you sold the wait list of leads to work with you. That's a smart thing I've never even heard of. Oh, yeah. So I got that from my friends when I worked in the hair industry, actually. One of my mm. friends decided she was done doing hair. And so she sold her client list to a friend of ours. Oh. And so when I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I sold my waitlist leads to, you know, somebody that I trusted who was doing something similar. And I also made introductions for her as well. Yeah. Well, that's win-win for everybody. I'm so glad you shared that nugget. Like that's a very powerful nugget. I've never even heard of someone doing that. So that's very smart. Okay. And a huge mistake I made and regret was that I didn't 
start list building or audience building when I first got started, even though like I felt like I had nothing to talk about. I wasn't an expert, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And part of that was also being afraid that clients were going to think that like I was trying to like take something from them or wasn't like committed or dedicated to like the work we agreed to do. You know, it did get like weird sometimes, um, you know, when I was like, you know, trying to do stuff and, you know, it was, it was, it was weird. Cause I always felt like, well, of course I'm going to like get your work done, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and so when I stopped doing the client work, I had nothing to fall back on. Like I stopped working, stopped getting paid instantly, yeah. you know, versus had I just pushed through and continued to like audience and list build anyway, I would have, I wouldn't have used up a lot of my savings in, you know, the last year and a half, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I could have started something a lot sooner by just like serving the audience I had like, Hey, I'm not doing this stuff anymore, but you know, what are y'all struggling with? What do you need help with? I want to put something together. Right. Yeah. So when I, when I, you know, blew everything up <laughs> in 2019, um, I started taking Twitter more seriously um, and like grew my audience there and built a list organically from there. And so, you know, eventually I started having options again, but it was like six or seven months where like just nothing was coming in and I was taking time to like recharge and relax, but it's still stressful, you know, when money is just coming out. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it is. So how did you stay the course? Like how, how were you like, okay, but I am going to figure this out. Cause it's like, you knew because you'd been behind the scenes of so many different businesses, then you get to pick and choose how you want to do it. Hashtag on her terms. But like what kept you going in those early months where you were building the momentum, but you weren't seeing the revenue yet. Cause you hadn't created the paid offers just yet. Yeah. So, well, so one thing I did right away was offer console calls. Okay. And I so, them. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, that's a good thing. That's a good note. Okay. So consults from the beginning, because that's the simplest, lowest barrier to entry is like, Hey, I can help somebody one-on-one. So I did, I started like the first month I did a bunch for free just to see, do I like these? Can I help these people with what they need help with? And then I needed to build up a testimonial bank also and like social credibility as well. So, you know, I would do the free consult, give them everything I knew resources. And then, you know, they would like the consult and they would say, well, like, you know, can I pay you? What can I do? And I said, don't pay me, but if you don't mind, just like share an honest review of your experience with me doing this call and just tap me with it. And, you know, if you didn't like it, that's fine. And, you know, if you did, that's cool. Just be honest and just share your honest opinion. Right. So I think, I think I did them more than a month, but after a month I did start charging for them. Yeah. And I started, I think at like a hundred bucks for like an hour, like easy, quick, whatever. And I was still doing those with some of like the free ones. So I had, you know, it's almost like marketing for me. I had, you know, the free console call people, um, you know, giving me praise and shouting me out and like, you know, validating my knowledge and expertise. And then that would bring in, you know, the paid consults. So that brought in some cash, which was, you know, nice. And then, um, I got, I got annoyed one day on Twitter. I just saw like a bunch of people complaining and complaining and complaining. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of seeing everybody complain. So I'm just going to change. Instead of complaining myself, I'm just going to do something different. And I started this challenge called 30 days of threads. And for each day for the next 30 days, I posted a thread on Twitter sharing like some type of information. So whether it was like marketing advice, a business model, systems, you know, how it was basically like tutorials, how to do stuff in business that I had learned. Yeah. And that, oh my God, like someone like made a bot for me for it to like retweet other people's stuff. Other people joined in my account grew by thousands within like a few weeks. Um, you know, my list, you know, that's when the list started to grow and stuff. I was getting more consult calls. So I was raising my prices. People were still booking them out. So at like one point, my consult calls were like $500 for an hour and yeah. people were still booking them. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I got to turn these off. I can't do this many consult calls. Um, and then, you know, from that, I... 
I had, I set up like a welcome series through my email list. And the last email was a survey, just asking people what's their number one biggest challenge when it comes you know, to starting a side hustle. And a lot of people through that, like I had like 400 responses over a couple months. And a lot of people wanted help with either like accountability or learning how to do what I was doing in project management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just threw an idea out there. I was like, look, and Twitter is different than, you know, what we're used to as far as like online marketing and like right. the standards and quality. There's a lot of scammy stuff on Twitter. There's a lot of like pay $50 and it's like a two page PDF with like links to things, <laughs> you know, or resource list pretty much. And so, you know, I've seen like a lot of people get scammed and I was like, you know what, I'm going to put together this course and I'm going to show y'all what like a $2,000 course looks like and should feel like in the experience of it. And it's only going to be 10 bucks. Um, and so, you know, if you want to go through the beta and watch me build it and watch me launch it and have access to the content and like the office hours calls, like y'all are going to help me, uh, formulate this and make it good. And, you know, for doing that and going through like the technical difficulties and the bumps, it's going to be very bumpy and rudimentary, but you know, it'll only be 10 bucks and you know, you only pay for it once. Right. Yeah. And like hundreds of people signed up for it that day. Mm. which is wild because um, they're smart <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of people signed up for it and then you know I eventually like doubled the price and then like I just put it at 50 bucks um and I think like we're almost at a thousand people who have gone through it and I released it officially in March mm. um I closed like the window for pre-sale with like the ten dollars after like a couple weeks and stuff yeah um but it's like a very, you know, comprehensive launch management course and people go through it. And my favorite thing is that, you know, there's like a, a Facebook group where I check in just like once a day, very casual. They know like she's in here once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's community led for sure. Yeah. But they're, you know, they're telling me like, um, I, you know, I took this course and I got a promotion at my job because I set us up in a sauna and got us organized or I got a job because, you know, I said, I've gone through this and have, you know, these types of skills that I learned from you. Mm. Um, I think I brought in like eight of my friends who are, um, service-based business owners who market online also. And like, they shared a bunch of like information as far as getting clients. I had a, a coaching client of mine, um, do a core, a, a little mini class on like how to get your PMP, a project management certification. That's like really good to have, you know, if you want to take it further. So like she got to get clients from that. They learned about, you know, that. And so, you know, it was, it was so low key and it just, I don't know. It's nice. It's just nice to like, I feel like I was pregnant again and gave birth to something. <laughs> And now, you know, people are playing with my baby, but they like my baby. They think my baby's cute, you know, and it's low price. So there's like not much fuss for me about it, you know, it's just like, it's an easy decision. I don't want to sit here and persuade you. I don't want to put together a webinar. I don't want to like stress about ad spend and stuff. It's a very easy yes or no. You want it cool. If you don't, no big deal, right? Do what you need to do. And what's it officially called? And we'll totally link to it because now everybody's going to want to go get it because it is, it's brilliant and it is a very easy yes. And it's such a skill set. Like it's just such a valuable skill set. So do people, can people buy it or like, how could somebody buy it for someone who is going to have or serve that role? You know, like I would want anybody that's working in my business to be trained by you. <laughs> so like, how does that work? You know, that's funny because um, someone that I'm coaching, she has a pretty big business and she's made a new hire who doesn't have, like, she has an amazing skill set, but she doesn't have any experience in the online marketing world. So she's like, can I just pay you to give her like a crash course on like how this stuff works? Right. <laughs> I was like, sure, no problem. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, um, it's a it's a very uh, basic title. It's how to project manage any online course. Um, you know, you can buy it under, um, you can put your information under there and like put your, some, like your friend's name or email, or you can just contact me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, you know, the link for it is learnwithari.com forward slash PM. Okay. And, you know, it goes through everything on there. There's everything you need to know, but there's a lot in there. <laughs> this is so exciting. And I know we were FaceTiming to catch up like a few weeks ago or sometime in pandemic vortex of time. And I was just like, it's so fun to see you going live and sharing. And also those screenshots I want to rewind back to because I started with free consults and getting testimonials, but I love that you skipped the whole step of like, I was emailing and then they would reply and then I would put it together. Like it's smart that you were just like, Hey, well, we're on Twitter anyway. Cause then you have just easy screenshots these days, you know, back in 2013, it feels like the internet and social media was so different anyway, but the, just like I was scrolling through these screenshots that you had in an Instagram story of all these people on Twitter, just like, oh my gosh, I, like you said, these amazing stories of life shifting knowledge that they learned from you just because you did put yourself out there and you did start to share all the things that you know. And so it's just really fun and inspiring to watch. And I love getting to know that more and more people are getting to know all the things that you know from every step along your journey because your perspective is so valuable because you, again, for many reasons, but also just because you know you know what it's like in the underbelly for better and worse of so many different kinds of businesses. And so many of us will never know that because we're just running our own businesses. So we just think that this is, oh, this is just how it is. And you're like, well it doesn't have to be. And so your voice is just so valuable in this whole conversation of like, sure, you could overcomplicate it or you could just do this. It doesn't have to be like super emotional or dramatic or confusing. So thank you for putting yourself out there and doing what you're doing. It's so fun to watch. And obviously you're getting all the divine breadcrumbs and validation that it's working, you know, that people are paying attention and getting such great value and real tangible life-changing results from it. That it's working. I, we talked about this on uh, when we were catching up, but it was just at a point where it's like, all right, I can go back to launch management and just suck it up and do something I wasn't happy doing. I could go get a job or I could make this, you know, my own stuff work. Yeah. I'm going to try and make my own stuff work before I go get a job. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's important for us to play hard to get like that. And that's going to be a big part of the book, the Naptime Empire's book, where it's like, okay, when we start to think that this is optional, what are the other options? Do I really want to do those options? No. Okay, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> but we have to like take the plate of cookies away. Like, okay, fine. Sure. You can't have business on your terms. That's fine. Okay. Go get a job or go do something else. That's not actually fulfilling for money. No. Okay, cool. <laughs> then let's, <laughs> let's get back into it and be willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah, so like, to, are you gonna keep bleeding money or are you going to, you know, start putting some stuff back in there? Right. Like, come on, girl. <laughs> to you. So to bring it full circle as we wrap up in this season, since you've been back, since you've been creating, what's been the day-to-day setup for Sai? Like how have y'all, have you been making it work over there with him in the hours that you're working? Is he going to, I mean, again, pandemic times are different, but he's four, almost five. So what's the, the daily life like over there? Yeah, I had to shift things because he asked me if he could have two, uh, three mommies. He said one to work, me, <laughs> one to cook for him because I take too long to cook for him, <laughs> and one to play with him because I'm always working. Yeah. So I was like, oh, ouch. Okay, I'm not going to make a big deal. I'm not going to put like, drama behind it, but ouch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I told him, okay, well, thank you for telling me that. You only have one mommy, but <laughs> I can make some changes, you know? So I, I was starting to get to the computer by nine, nine 30 in the morning. Right. And so now like, I don't even start my day until like 11 30, 12. I spend the whole morning with him. We watch cartoons, we eat breakfast, we go on a walk, we play with toys. Um, and then starting about like 11 30, 12, I'll, you know, come check the computer, check my day, what's on my calendar. Um, you know. I don't really have many tasks in Asana. You know, most of it is just keeping track of like my coaching clients and like assigning them things to do. <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> That's more fun. <laughs> yeah. It's way easier. Um, and then I'll usually have like two or three calls, sometimes four, sometimes more. So about like 12 to four ish, um, you know, I'll, I'll go in the other room and work on the computer and either his babysitter will come play with him. My grandmother will come play with him or, you know, he, he has independent play yeah. <laughs> with YouTube yep. Yep. <laughs> YouTube or outside. Um, and, you know, 
my, um, luckily, like I've incorporated silence into social media pretty much, right? Like, I guess into my brand. So, Mm -hmm. you know, my clients are aware that I have a son and they're very cool about it. You know, well, a lot of times, even people that like I'm talking to for the first time, they'll go like, Hey, where's Silas? I want to say hi. (laughs) And, you know, he'll pop in and interrupt calls and, you know, everyone's really cool with it. They don't mind, you know, it's not like an attitude thing or weird energy. Sometimes he'll sit with us or they'll start talking and I'll be like, all right, like this is their coaching session. So right. Right. Yeah. Even if they don't mind, I find that too. I'm like, and they're like, it's totally fine. Oh, come show me what you're working on or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but this is their time. So get out. (laughs) We'll go lock you out, but then they know how to unlock the door. So we have to really have clear, like they'll go get a ninja sword, ninja turtle sword. Right. I will give you ice cream. You can go get ice cream right now. If you exactly. Leave the room. <laughs> That's totally a thing where they know if I'm on a call and it's like the other day I was on a call and Jeremy was helping his dad with something. And it's like, can we have popsicles? It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, yes, you little stinkers. Cause you know, I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to argue with you right now and take all that extra time. And it's very smart. It's very strategic. He knows. He knows. <laughs> um, you know, and then, uh, you know, I'm done for the day. So I've really shifted to where like, I don't have, I don't have my deliverables and during like the coaching calls, um, anything that like I'm telling a client, like they should do, I'm just putting it in a sauna for them right then and there. And, you know, they have full like freedom to go into their own Asana project I made for them and make changes and stuff. But I usually just like manage it and keep it organized for them. And they come and look at what they need to get done. Yeah. Um, and that way, like, you know, the biggest things I have to do are to make sure that like I email my list, which I'm not great at. I, you know, post some form of content online or show up, you know, and engage and, um, you know, that's pretty much it. I don't have a lot of like actual work to do outside of like content creation and showing up online and engaging and then, you know, doing my calls with my coaching clients. That's amazing. And it's such a transformation from, like you said, when we met, when it was like work, 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 work. And then obviously in the early months and year of him being boots on the ground or little bare feet on the ground, um, shifting that. So it's just inspiring to hear. And of course, work, 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 Ari set the stage for you to know all of these things and have all of this experience and to have been able to build the savings that you did when you did and all of that. So it's like... It's just cool to see. I'm thankful for our 2015-16 selves as rocky as it was at times in the transition because that was so, they set us up to be able to have the perspective that we have now. So I love it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I, it feels just really cool to hear how you've got your, your system set up over there for now and that people are definitely paying attention, learning, and really appreciating everything that you're sharing from all of these years, gathering intel from the inside. And so as we wrap up, is there anything we haven't talked about? Any final words of wisdom or thoughts that you'd want to share knowing the Naptime Empire's listener on the other end of the earbuds right now? I think something that I would have appreciated hearing, you know, being a new mother and trying to make like this business stuff, stuff work. And then having to like transform multiple times and evolve multiple times. Um, You know, it's like each new growth spurt, everything changes for sure. (laughs) Yep. But I, you know, I just, I, it would have felt nice to hear like, you don't, there's no planning. Everything's not going to get figured out. It's going to, you know, what you need in the moment is going to unravel and show itself when you need it. Right. So just focus on, I don't even want to say being present, just focus on being the happiest you can be and the less stressed you can be in these moments. Enjoy the time with your babies. You know, something I love, like if it's not like my working block, you know, and if Silas is awake, then I'm trying to do my best to make sure like I have, I don't have my phone on me and I don't have, I'm not scrolling the computer. Like I want to be very present because he grew up so fast. Yeah. I missed so many, like, I didn't miss like memories and stuff, but like, I don't feel like I was as present. I didn't give myself permission to be as present as I could have been Mm -hmm. during like the little baby stages and early toddler stages. You know, it was always like, 
you got to get this work done. I got to get this work done. Or let me try to like distract him Mm -hmm. or have someone get him so I can get this work done. Mm -hmm. And it should have been the opposite, right? It was like, I'm going to, you know, hang out with my kid and then I'll get the work done, you know, and and I'll get done, you know, whatever I can get done until I have to like pass out and go to sleep. Right. Yeah. And not seeing it that way, like caused me so much stress and unhappiness. And I eventually just leaned into seeing it that way. And it's so much better. I wonder to the degree, like, I wonder how possible that is the first time around, you know, because I felt the same way. That was the big watershed moment for me once Deke was born. And then I realized Bryson was four and he was going to be five later that year. And I broke down over the Mickey Mouse waffles because I wonder, because when it's happening the first time, kind of like when you're driving somewhere for the first time or walking to the bathroom in a restaurant for the first time and the journey feels so long, like you have no idea where you're going. So everything feels like time is stretched out or whatever. And so it's like, you feel like they're always going to be this little or that this newborn phase is going to last forever. And then it's like, oh, wow, we're already changing out of these clothes. These already don't fit you in and packing these away and finding the other ones. Like, I wonder how possible it really is. Like, no matter how much we say this to new moms and first timers, I wonder if it's really possible because it's like a lot of it, I think is just, we learn it in retrospect. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I don't, and you know, it's, it's like being a teenager and your parents are warning you not to do something. Totally. You just have to do it. I got to touch it. I got to go. I got to, but just right. let me take this test. Right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but you know, for my clients who are mothers, I'm always stressing to them and making it part of their homework. Like yeah. you're, you're going to get the things you need to get done in your business with however much time you give yourself to do it. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to stress about it all week, and give yourself all week to stress about it, you will. Versus if you just schedule like a three-hour block yeah. and get it done in that three hours, yeah. you know, you're going to procrastinate and do it last minute anyway. Exactly. Yes. So enjoy <laughs> yeah. the procrastination instead of beating yourself up over exactly. it. 100%. So now I just work that into my schedule. I know I'm not going to get something done until a day or two before it's due. So right. now I just schedule the time, make sure I have a sitter, and I don't feel guilty or stressed about it anymore. And I just go and enjoy my kid or my life or a bubble bath, you know. Yeah, whatever um, it is. Whatever anymore. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that because that's, I think it's just an important thing that it's just something that will keep circling our brains at every round, every every season because it's just like, yeah. But I have noticed for sure with Deke second time around that awareness that I had after going through that with Bryson and feeling like, oh, but I had my head in my laptop so much, you know, whatever. I definitely can be more conscious in certain moments with them of like, this is a fleeting thing or even taking a video like we were talking about earlier. Like I'm going to take a video and document this or really just try to anchor this into my mind because it does pass. And then it's, it's when you're looking through your camera roll that you realize it and it hits you like a ton of bricks. Like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) The moments that flash up from a year ago. And it's like, you were so little, but every day they're as little as they're ever going to be. And that's something I realized when I was packing Bryson's little newborn clothes away the first time. Did you cry? I cried. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I cried, but I just was like, Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Now that's over and that's over. Or like yesterday he got an expander and I'm like, okay, now we're going into orthodontics mode already. (laughs) You know, it's just phase one. It's phase one. But I'm like, oh my gosh. And then you're going to have like a few braces and you're going to be a double big brother in a few months. Like I cannot handle it. He's going to be turning nine. Like what is happening over here? But again, I realized one day he's going to be turning 19. So let me enjoy while he's eight. Right. You know, anyway. Okay. Well, this was amazing. I can't wait to share it. And, um, let's, I'll put all the links to the show note in the show notes and everything, but just tell us where we can find you on various social media and audio form first before we go. Oh man. Okay. So, uh, Twitter and Instagram, my handle is nerd nomad mom. Um, to make it like easy to find everything, you can just go to arielhale.com forward slash links. And there's like social media, uh, you know, different things that I've done or where I'm hanging out or what I'm doing. It's all there on that page. So, you know, you can pick a tech party you want to have there. Okay, cool. Um, the course is there and everything as well. 
And if you've ever heard me say hail, yes, it was inspired by Ari's hailness. Because <laughs> it's funny because I've said it so much that then I hear like my clients and customers using it. <laughs> like I want y'all to know it came from Ari, <laughs> like just her existence period in our group with Suze. That's where it came from. I'm sure other people say it too, but there's a meaning and there's a human behind it. And now you know what a badass she is. <sighs> all right, friend. I love you. Thank you for taking time. I know you've got other calls to hop on. So um, thank you for all of this. And I hope that you listening really enjoyed the conversation, took away some valuable nuggets from her journey and that you'll keep watching because it sounds like there's lots of amazing stuff to come. Thank you so much. Okay. Your homework for this episode is to consider What's one thing that you've always wanted to try but you thought you couldn't because you have a young kiddo at home? And how or in what form could you give it a go anyway? I just want to encourage you while you have these inspiration cooties from Ari to let yourself dream and play. And even if it doesn't look like it would, if you weren't already a parent, how could you reel that into your present? How could you make this happen? I just was so inspired because I remembered her talking about wanting to travel and then she just did it. So... Let that inspire you. Post a screenshot as you're listening. Tag us in your Instagram story. We'd love to hear from you, whatever your favorite takeaway was. And if you haven't yet, as always, I would love it and super appreciate if you'd take 60 seconds or less to leave a rating and review while you're here listening in your favorite podcasting app. That's it for this time. Catch you next time. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to naptimeempires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Wait, did I say free? I'm in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good job, buddy.